Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. With your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been a penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to this Tuesday, November 5th edition of Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Remember, remember the 5th of November, Rachel? Yeah? Okay. Um, Spencer Israel here with Joel Elkanian and Dennis Dick. Earnings is the story of the day. Man, Uber and Shake Shack, holy cow. We'll talk about those. Peloton uh, having its first report as well. Adobe had a good report. We'll cover as many of these reports as we can. It's kind of the theme of today's show is, is earnings. There's not much in the way of macro uh, headlines here. Our guest today, Nick Shaheen author of Create Income with Option Spreads. He will join us as he does every other Tuesday at 8.35, and he'll share some charts of his as well. Joel, what's the word here overnight? Uh, S&P's in the green here. Uh, Chi and Trump being uh, playing nice over there. Up six and a half handles. Uh, made the low right near the close from yesterday. Your all-time closing high, 75.75. Yesterday's high, Monday, 83.75. We cleared that in the pre-market by a couple handles, but... Uh, Need to clear it. Need to clear that pre-market high. Only resistance in sight. Uh, crude. Don't look now. Crude battling back here. Uh, trying to clear fifty-seven dollars. It's been a big level for the last couple of weeks. Gold down at nine thirty at fifteen oh one eighty. Silver back under eighteen. Down seven point six cents at seventeen point ninety nine. Bitcoin down two twenty. The futures nine thousand three hundred in forty. Five and uh, Spencer with his uh, literary take there. Uh, Guy Fox uh, poem is that it? Uh, oh yeah, only because I told you a couple days ago. But yes, yes. very very good, Joel. Yes, yes, your your uh, literary talents are uh, just unbelievable. But Dennis, how are you there? You you doing okay this morning? Yeah, a lot of trades. We had China movement last night, so I got a ton of trades on here. So trying to work out of a few of those. Um, give us that China headline there, and then we that was really the catalyst for the S&P rally there last night. We rallied about 10 points in less, well, not 10 seconds, but 10 points in probably way less than 10 minutes. I mean, just that we're, we're weighing, weighing, I don't even know what that means really, weighing whether to drop existing tariffs on $112 billion of Chinese imports, which... What does that mean? Weighing? We're considering it. We're, we yeah. may do. We may not do like it. Like they take out a scale. What does that mean? They put the Chinese yeah. tariffs imports on there, and they see how much they weigh. That was a joke. I don't know what that. Yeah, it, I, it, it was. It was a good joke. No, it was a good joke. I don't. <laughs> these have, bad joke. Nothing to me. So here we are. We look at this market trading up six more sticks. I mean, it doesn't seem to matter. This market just wants to rally there. You know how often? You know, two weeks ago. 
I added SPY to my portfolio, which I thought we were going to break out and make new highs. That was at 297. Now we're at 307. So um, obviously 100 handles here later. The rally continues. I mean, I don't see what derails us here unless talks break down, which can happen. I mean, it's happened quite a few times already. So talks can definitely break down. But unless that, that happens, I don't see what's going to derail us. We're getting through the heart of earnings season. We have seasonality on our side because typically as we run to November, December, it starts to be a better months for the market. I mean, maybe the picture is just too rosy here because I think, you know, they talk about a China deal coming here as well. So maybe it's too rosy and that's what's going to derail us. But bears, the bears out there. And if you're out there in, in our chat or in Twitter there, let me know the case here because I'm trying to look through the tea leaves here and trying to find the bear case. And I'm struggling to find it right now. You know why I think a, a factor in the market going up as of late? No, Trump, I mean, Trump's still tweeting. I mean, but he's not, you know, he's not bullying the market. He's not put. Uh, he's too worried about the impeachment. So he's not saying much at all. No. I no, mean, I, his focus has left from China talks really to the impeachment. Right. I mean, at least his Twitter account. Spencer? Spencer, what's going on with that? With the impeachment? Yeah. I, I mean, they voted to to proceed so it, it's this is going to be an ongoing process now it, between that and his tax returns that uh he, he the the uh, the appeals court uh just overruled uh the, the ruling in favor of trump so now he's going to appeal the appeals court probably to the supreme court we'll see if they take it but uh between the the impeachment and the tax returns it's uh there's a lot going on right now in trump land but isn't there always i don't know how focused he is on on, on the markets so uh we are though so let's get to some earnings. yeah let's go break it down all right uh 147 stocks reporting today but we had a couple big ones last night well yeah. stock that joel does not want to talk about but we're going to start with that just for joel because he was right with the call but he did not hold the short and at the end of the end of the report it would have been a good one this Moving out of the growth names and moving into the value names has continued now for about a month and a half. It has been a long time. We have continued to see weakness in the stocks that don't make money. The stocks that make very little money. And Shake Shack here is showing us a weak quarter. Give yeah. us the Shake Shack. What is, there, what is there not to like here? The Q3 EPS beat. The Q3 sales beat. They raised their full year sales guidance. The only hiccup was same-store sales was a smidge light. Same-store sales... They 2%, do not like 2 companies. Five percent doesn't matter. Good report in almost every way. Doesn't matter. They do not like companies that are trading with nosebleed valuations right now. That's the bottom line. Shake Shack still trading with a nosebleed valuation. Um, company made it made money though, eh? I didn't realize they made money. Twenty six cents. Yep. Pretty good. But again, that's a pretty nosebleed valuation there. So. That's why you're seeing these stocks. And, you know, I just wonder here, if you're in Roku and it's had this in incredible rally, that is an ugly candle yesterday. So we digress just once here before we go back to Shake Shack. But I'm just looking here. I see Roku trading up a little bit. I'm even worried about my Shopify. That looks like a head and shoulders. These stocks. So what is leading us is the industrials. What is leading us is the cyclical, cyclicals. I can't talk in the morning. What is not leading us builders is too, the Momo, like the high growth stuff. That is not leading. That is lagging now. Home builders, the home builders had a bad day yesterday. I, I don't know why. Oh, Was there news oh, on I, something? I didn't, I didn't look yesterday. but They I, got hit yesterday. They were doing okay too. Okay. So you've seen rotation continue here for long enough 
that it's serious now. It's not like a two or three day rotation. This growth to value trade has continued to go on. I don't know if that's going to change here or not, but as of right now, I don't want to own anything with nosebleed valuation because they seem to punish it, especially going into earnings. This is why Shake Shack is down 17%, nosebleed valuation, and I guess not good enough. Joel, thoughts, concerns? Because you were short this name. Or you had yeah, you, you talked me out of it. How did I talk you out of it? Yeah, you did all your bullish talk, and you're like, well, no, it's not a tech stock. That was, that was three months ago. Yeah, well. A- <laughs> you took this trade off three weeks ago. When did you take it off? I had it on for months. I, I'll just give you guys. You a- just took it off, didn't you? I don't want to talk about it. Oh, um, you were you weren't going to hold it through earnings, though. Why not? I mean, I, oh, I, Joel. I mean, that was my plan. But oh, oh. You know what? I mean, this is just a good example. Is I had some other things working against me. This trade, which I was holding, and they were shorter term trades, and I just said flat, flat. I'm getting flat everything, and I did, and it was the wrong move. But uh, got to reset, regroup the troop here. I'll give you the pre-market low. We're just hanging out here. We're hanging out at uh, 69.15 is your pre-market low. You have a little pesky little buyer in here at uh, 69. Maybe they're really trying to buy 70s, but they're just, you know, they're staying on the bed and they're taking. So we are finding some support here. So it looks like pre-market low just kind of trailing here. Daily lows, you don't have anything to lean on here. Let's see what the next monthly low is. Uh, oh man, I, I hate when I can't find re- support in these things. Uh, the next nah, next monthly low is 56.63. I would just use, see what happens through the pre-market low. If you dip down to like 68 and change, and then you came back up over 70, I think you'd get a little bit of a rally. Patient buyer out there, probably someone that's short. Just very, very tough to belong any of these names. Like we even saw after Wingstop reported, it was whips on around, but it started to leak there too. We'll give you a shout out, Cole, because you were talking, you know, these nosebleed valuations on these stocks. Well, Wingstop's another one that's starting to come down here too. Valuation has mattered for the last month. Chipotle getting hit. I mean, so it's not just the tech, you know, the nosebleed tech. It's been the nosebleed food as well, the nosebleed restaurants. Valuation started mattering a month ago on the bottom line we've said for you know years on the show i feel like top line and and top line growth is what they care about well you know what it changed a month ago and you've got to realize when these things change so i don't know why roku's still trading higher here but again i'm gonna say there's a setup here for a short on roku 151.30 the double top that it put in I know it's you got to give yourself almost 10 points. So the setup was probably better yesterday if we would have talked about it. I have no position on it, but if you were shorted, I would stop out that double top of 151. And you sit back and you say, maybe some of these nosebleed valuations and stocks like Roku could come in as well. Well, that does. The 150 area, nice rebound, found uh, resistance really in the same area uh, that you did in September. Uh, looking at trading up now, yesterday's low will be my trigger here, 37.45. You also had another, let's call it 37. You know, I had another low at 36.40. So 137 needs to hold. That's a trap door. You could be finding yourself in the upper 127 or 120 handle, pair of lows. Actually, four lows at 127. So 137 leads you to 127. Jump over here. A lot of other companies reporting. Let's go to Uber. 
Again, same issue. It's a stock that doesn't make money. They don't like stocks that don't like make money. I don't know why it changed a month ago, but it did. We have to be aware of these trends. This is how we make money, guys, by getting ahead of the trend. Harry, um, Harry as I, we all know, but uh, nosebleed valuation. I think that that's kind of a high PE. Yeah, high PE. Yeah, high PE. High PE or no PE because they don't make money. Those are the ones that they don't want to own right now. Right. With that being said, Uber has been out of favor for a lot longer than the other Momo names. Uber's been out of favor forever, I feel like. Um, you got a support level in Uber. Yep, you do. 2831 yeah. is the all-time low. And, I, you know, we're not going to talk about IPO. When, what was the under it in price? Do we know what the under Oh, it was way higher. Uh, I, top of my head, I want to say 70. Is that right? No. Oh, that, that was Lyft. That. Oh, that was Lyft. That was Lyft. Yeah. Yeah. But Uber was high, too. It was like $45. So we're way under that. I mean, we're at all-time lows here on the stocks. The company doesn't make money. Give us the numbers, and then we'll give you a full analysis. Yeah, the uh, EPS, $0.68 cent loss. First, an $0.81 cent loss estimate, so they lost less than they were supposed to. Uh, revenue, $3.81 versus $3.69 billion. So they beat that estimate. They ex expect to be profitable, according to the CEO, sometime in 2021. So maybe is that maybe, soon enough? Maybe if the trend turns before then, but uh, I'm scared to own companies that aren't making money here right now. But with that being said, it's a stock that's in the doghouse. It's been a laggard. So we've seen two trades that have been going on. The high growth names have obviously come down and they've been picked up by the value names. But what the other trade we've seen is the laggards. Uber has been a laggard, so it falls in the it second part of the group. Falls in that category. So yeah. it falls into that. So that helps it a bit because they like buying these laggards. People are buying stocks that they perceive as cheap because the chart is, you know, just a wreck. And that's the kind of stocks they've been buying. So that's the only thing that helps it here. I'm not shorting it here down two bucks. I don't think I got the guts to buy it, but 2831. If I was buying this this morning, I would absolutely want to be leaning on the low of the move at 2831. When stocks make new all-time lows, you got to go. That's page eight of our, tech, or of our trading book, Joel. Page eight. When stocks are making new lows, you got to go. And it's not there yet. But if it starts to take out that low at 2831, I don't want to be long. And uh, I don't have – I can't verify this, but I did see that uh, Uber loses $543,000 per hour if you look at it uh, from their loss uh, for the quarter. They're trying to grow the company still. I get all that. But when the CEO is talking about, oh, maybe we'll be profitable in two years, and you look at this market that likes companies that are profitable right now, it's not the kind of stock I want to throw in my long-term portfolio, at least right now. Uh, trading at the low, uh, new all-time low here. Uh, boom, boom, uh, 28.31. No, we, we, we didn't get there yet. That's what I just said. 28.31 is the number. And you know yeah, what? We haven't got there yet. Yep, and someone's kind of just hovering here at 29. They're bringing in some stock at 29 very patiently. I don't know if they're showing a better offer, but uh, really, uh, they want to buy this stock at 29 today. Do we have a daily low there? Uh, 28.94 was your uh, October 11th low. And I think if someone has this big of an appetite at 29, I think if you go to 28, they'll even be bigger buyers there. Just kind of feel like there's buyers. You want to buy the dip on this non-profitable Uber? Uh, for I'm not making a bet with it because no. I respect that low. It's a big low. It's a trade setup. There's a setup here. Okay. You got to stop out of that low. So you give yourself 70 cents. I'll take, I'll take <laughs> I think you get stopped out. That's why I'm I, not taking it. I I'll think it stops good. you out. I will take 31 versus 27. 
No, I'm not making a bet because I don't want to get full on. I'm not, this doesn't fall into the Momo slash, you know, it, it, it doesn't fall into that same category, the Momo and leader. It was a laggard coming in. So right now they're buying laggards and non-Momo. So, and it doesn't fall into that second category, or it doesn't fall, it falls in the first category, but not the second one. So I'm staying, I'm laying off Uber. Okay. I no would, no I would get a big edge there because it's not no, not it's no, no like bet. On the Mickey D's bet when I gave up the huge edge, but uh, still ended up conquering. Uh, we should talk about McDonald's here in a minute. Uh, Lyft is trading down. That already reported Sympathy. here. Kind of, I don't know. I mean, rounding bottoms here. Yeah, you have an out. It stopped going down. You have an out. There's an argument to pick the bottom on this. But again, think about the trades that I've made, the bad ones, the swing trades, at least the calls that I've made on the show. The bad ones I'm making, I seem to always be picking the bottom. There's a theme here. Don't pick bottoms. Uh, you know what they say about people who pick bottoms. I know. That's from Conrad. Yep. They get stinky fingers. <laughs> It's not that really of an appropriate thing to say, but it's true. That's <laughs> well, appropriate. It's just let's, gross. Let's talk, about, <laughs> let's talk about McDonald's. Very gross. Today, 187.55. <laughs> that was the low from yesterday. Big volume yesterday. There's two bucks above that low. So let's see if that, I mean, you got an, an out here, two bucks away. I'm not sure how this whole thing is going to shake out. You did have some other people leaving the company here, but two bucks off that low from yesterday. So if you're looking for a place to buy ahead of that low, let's see if it, what happens at the close at 188.66, if in fact it gets there today. All right, 147 stocks. Spencer, take the lead, because these are all mid-caps here now that I'm looking at. If there's any stocks specifically one. that you... What, well, which one? There's one that I want to hit right now, Peloton. First earnings report since the IPS. So we don't know who's going to estimates with uh, new issues. There's no yeah. estimates in this case, so we have yeah. to go, on, go off a year-over-year -year comparison here. What's the numbers look like? So revenue, $228 million last quarter, up from $112 million in the same quarter last year. Uh, loss of buck twenty-nine per share, up from a loss of $2.18 per share last year. So on a year-over-year -year basis, they are growing. They are making more money, or they're losing less money, I should say. Well, both of those things are true. So, Peloton, in, what? This fits in all the categories of I don't want to own it. <laughs> and yet, here it's it is. It's a bicycle. It's a station. It's a bicycle with a TV attached to it. What does that sound like? The, the, remember the camera with the stick when we were saying that when it was $70? It's a bike with a TV. Sorry, you know, it's not reinventing the wheel here. It literally put a TV on a bike. And there is well, no speed valuation. It doesn't make money. I do not want to own Peloton at all. Not even with your money, Joel. Sorry, sold to well, you. The one thing that's different, though, is that they do have a subscription business model, right? So they make, they make money on, on a recurring basis. We'll you put up TV on a bike and we'll charge you a subscription for it. Who has yeah. one? That sounds like a winning business Who has model. a Peloton? In either chat, I want to know. They're pretty. They're pretty expensive. Yeah. People want. They're crazy expensive. I will make you a Peloton for one third the price. I will put a TV on your bicycle, and you can subscribe to pre-market prep. Yeah, I mean, who wants to you pay get the subscription? We'll put the T pre-market prep on the TV for you. Wait, you're I all hooked up. Wait, so you're not gonna uh, record exercise less exercise workouts or workout lessons of you, Dennis, and then put it on the. Uh, who on the Who's the guy behind? Is this the Tony guy that's behind this? What? No. From uh, who's behind Peloton? You know who I'm thinking of from uh, P90X. Who? What is his name? Tony. No, I don't know who you're thinking. 
I have no idea. P90X guy. He's awesome. I, I love have, I have no clue guy. who you're thinking of. Sorry. Is, is this competitive with Tony? Tony Horton. Tony Horton. I don't think. I, Tony Horton's not no, involved in this, right? I, I don't know. Because so, if Tony Horton was involved, I would pull. I would actually be interested in buying it. Because I, I believe in Tony Horton. I, I, you ever I, do that, P90? You, ever, you, heard, you know a P90X. I, I heard it. I've, I've heard of it. I try to do it. I never get through like day 20, though. <laughs> I've good intentions. By like day five, I was like, I can do this. By day 10, I was like, I don't think I'm getting a 90. And by day 15, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> uh, real quick, uh, just a question here uh, about lockup expiration. Now, uh, when there's an IPO, insiders cannot sell for a certain amount of time. And so the lockup expiration is when they are able to sell their stock. And it could be a big event. It could be a big not event. I remember when the Twitter lockup expires, it doesn't necessarily mean that the insiders are going to sell that day, but uh, it's just a period. It's a, it's just something to keep an eye on. Watch the price action leading up to it. A lot of, I people- think we're away from the Peloton one though. Yeah, we? yeah, we are. It, Uber's coming. Uber's this week. It, is it this so week? I think so. This is another reason why, obviously, nervous on Uber. There's typically more than one. Uh, yes. There's there's usually one 180 days after the IPO. Uh, I, I believe it's 90 days and 180 days. I think those are the two that that or it's anywhere in that range. Uber's, yeah. I know Uber's. I don't have the exact date on Uber if it's in the chat, but I can look it up real fast. I know Uber's is is not far off. I think it's coming this week. I think it's this week, so just keep that in mind as well, because that can really push prices around. Again, Peloton. Oh, actually, I'm sorry, I'm selling the rally in this, and I'm not. Well, I'm. I would. I would be selling the rally. I don't have. I don't even know if we can short the thing, but if I own the stock, I'd be selling. Okay, the rally. so can you get a bore on this? So there's one lockup expiration tomorrow, and the other one is February fourth. I gotta see if I can get a bore on Peloton. And I gotta locate. Can I get a low? No, I gotta go look elsewhere. I gotta go look outside the firm again. Anyways, there may be some locates out there. Uh, but Peloton, but I'm sorry, I'm bearish of stock. Flat, flat out bearish. P-T-O-N. No okay. position, but I'm flat out bearish. Of. Nice recovery here from under $21. Uh, just go to the first day of trading here to take a look for your action today. You have not seen the all-time high at $27.98. That's two bucks away. There's a potential target for you. Uh, but the level I think to keep an eye on is $25.76, and that was the all-time closing high on that first day of trading we're trading above it right now fall below it you got a ways to go to get to the top of yesterday's range here or not really uh 26 and a half uh or excuse me no it's not even gapping up because it had a bad day yesterday so trading in the air look at 26 and a half and then the all-time high at 27.98 next Let's go next. to where should we go next? I'm trying to look here too. Like there is a lot of mid caps or small caps on this list here. Uh, real quick, we're looking. Someone's asking about the home builders. I mean, they got hit yesterday. Was there a headline that I missed? Was somebody did somebody report they all got hit hard yesterday? Uh, I didn't even see they got hit. So uh, Cole was down a buck. KB Homes down a buck and a half. I mean, that's a breaking trend. That's ugly. So, and they've I mean, been going up for KB a while. Home, that's that's home, a turning point. KB Home called a downgrade, but it's not a super influential firm, and it was only the neutral. So I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily. Yeah, I don't know what the catalyst was there yesterday. Oh, LGIH reported. Did LGIH report? L I G. Oh no, they're they're due to report today. LGIH is a home builder, I believe. I is there, they're out right now, and it was mixed. 
Okay. So that's another thing. 193. They're still making some money. These home builders make money, man. They are low PE stocks. So you'd think these, they fit the bill, but the one bill they don't fit is they weren't laggards. They're buying laggards. So this is what they've been buying. It's not just value stocks. They've been buying laggard value stocks. The ones that have been actually you know, performing, the ones that weren't lagging, like the home builders, they haven't really caught the bid in the last couple of weeks. Now they're starting to get hit. You know, so you look at that and you know what else was coming off? It was this like defensive trade too. You see Procter Gamble yesterday? Yes, I did. They I pulled did. the rug out from under that one. Coca-Cola as well. And you know, you can look if you wanted to see it overall, XLP. Consumer staples, the defensive ones, the ones that do well in a recession, they're like selling those. The hiding spot for you know money when you think your trouble is coming. That's what they were hitting really hard there yesterday. Procter Gamble really got slammed. Uh, yep. Uh, filled that earnings gap on that one. Let's take a look at XHB just real quick. Uh, flat right here. Yes. You got two lows at 45.60 and 45.55. Uh, so right next to each other to see if you can hold that. I mean, you know, you guys are kind of getting all nerd. I mean, the stock uh, is going straight up the whole year and it has one day. Let's see if you get some follow through today. But I do see a pair of lows at 45.60. That needs to hold. You got to drop. I mean, this thing, the XHB, XHB doesn't move a whole lot, but I do see that double bottom needs to hold in today's session. All right, let's go to uh, Adobe had some guidance. Yeah, it, this it, is important. It, it wasn't earnings, but it was guidance. They came out mm -hmm. yesterday after the close, and they, uh, they raised their Q4 digital media net new annualized recurring sales guidance. Man, really? That's a mouthful there. Holy cow. Uh, they raised it by $25 million from 450 to 475. They reaffirmed the rest of their guidance and the stock's getting to bid. Hmm. Big pop on this. I can't chase it. I mean, they've been out of favor, although Adobe's valuation isn't crazy like some of the other cloud stocks. This is going to help all your cloud stocks here this morning. Um, if you look, CRM is bid up here. We saw it last night. Stocks like ServiceNow are catching a bid. But really, these stocks have been out of favor here for a little while. So I can't come in here and buy a ServiceNow now. Nope, there's a good pun for you because it's up 50 points from where they lost that CEO. So that exec was CEO? CEO that went to Nike, wasn't it? ServiceNow? Yes. Yeah, so it's up 50 points from there. I mean, you're coming in here buying it now. You're way late to the party. And this trend is actually looking down. I'd almost be able to, uh, the short, the short on a stock like ServiceNow is a better setup here. You're going to see it up here today. So it's giving you an opportunity to sell, in my opinion. So Adobe, I think it's an opportunity to sell Adobe too, to be honest Pop with you. Pop up right near all-time highs. Like, boom, just like that. Uh, straight up, that oh, that initial reaction took it over at uh, 294 295 yeah. and a quarter, all-time high up in that area as well. At, nah, well. A little bit higher than that at 298.27. 95 and a half was also a daily high. You're peeling back here, so you are a good five, six points off that high. But there's a bid here. There's a bid here at uh, like 288 and a half, 289. So I'm not looking for any downside here in Adobe until you take out that level. And uh, going up, that really that that pre-market high could be a great target, ninety-five and a quarter. What about the Twilio? You were right yesterday, Spencer. You gave us a, a hot tip there. You know that nobody was paying attention to um, from the pro, and that was the a little accounting issue that they had. That stock opened and tanked. So good call, Spencer, by that. It was trading up at ninety-seven. I was like, well, they don't seem to care about it because it's not trading down. 
they sure cared once the stock opened and they knocked it down to 92. You got a lot of cloud stocks that have turned it around. This is not one that has turned it around. Obviously, we've had an earnings disappointment in there. Now we've had a little bit of an accounting issue, but not a major accounting issue. But what was the accounting issue? Well, it was just a couple days after they reported. Yeah, they, they just reported something wrong. Yeah, they just miscalculated their, their uh, four. And they came out of it right yeah. away. Anyways, yeah. they still punished it for it. So down to $92, lifting a little bit here this morning. Obviously, we're going to see the, the cloud stocks trade a little bit higher on the backs of Adobe. But with that being said, this is the ugliest chart of all the cloud stocks here right now. What are your thoughts on this, Twilio? I mean, I mean it's got nosebleed valuation too. Yeah, I mean, I don't like that. I mean, if they, the county thing is one thing. Uh, yesterday's low, 91.64. I mean, you got a bunch of red candles on the monthlies here. I think if you're going to be patient in this one, I think you can get this closer to 80 than uh, buying it at 90 here. A lot of downward momentum, of course, can lean on yesterday's low if you think it's going to turn around and go right back up. But Man, it, I mean, they had a bad report, they hit it, and then they found out that the bad report was worse. So just like, the, what's going to make it go back up? What's going to make it go back to 100 bucks? I mean, that's a good question. I don't know what the catalyst here. It just, Maybe, it's just a matter. They need to put in a, like a little double bottom. It needs to do something better technically. Put in a little double bottom, get some hope. I mean, eventually some of these stocks do come back in the favor. They stop going down, they start to show some life. I mean, Intel was the same thing. You know, it was an ugly quarter, and obviously not this last quarter, but the quarter before. And eventually, it stopped going down, and then started to turn around and show some life. And the first stop, first uh, step in getting out of a decline is to stop digging the hole. So Twilio hasn't really stopped digging the hole yet. So I don't know if there's any reason to be a hero and say, okay, this is the bottom. Again, going back to what just Joel said, you know what happens when you pick bottoms. <laughs> All right, coming up on 8.30 here. Uh, S With Hasbro offering. Really? Secondary, yeah. Right, $875 million common stock offering, HAS. Really? Trading down two bucks on it. I don't know if we have a pricing on this yet. Did we get the pricing yet? A lot of times, like we say, they like to trade down to that secondary pricing. I haven't seen that break yet. So if we do get that number, we'll let you know. I believe it. a lot of times it come out after hours. Anyways. It's trading down. The stock got hit really hard on earnings, tried to bounce a little bit, but really hasn't bounced much. Now you get a secondary, absolutely very important that it holds the low of the move, which is 94.19. But what is more important is what is going to be the secondary price. Right. We'll find that out. Uh, right now, the street's kind of feeling like around $96. Uh, 94.19 was that low uh, after the earnings missed. So, there's your support in the issue, but kind of weird. I mean, they're doing it after this big drop here. Uh, I would have would have been better to do it before earnings, but I guess they can't. I guess they can't do that after that kind of report. But we'll see. Uh, we'll see where that offering price is, and that will act as a magnet. All right, moving on here. <laughs> Ring Central. Look at this one here this morning. One of the top stocks on, on my up filter. A lot of good stuff in this report. RNG Q3 adjusted EPS 22 cents versus a 19 cent estimate. Sales of 233 versus 221 million dollars. Uh, Q4 EPS guidance in line. Q4 sales guidance uh, higher, raising their full year sales guidance and their full year EPS guidance was also raised. So they absolutely love this stock. Good. And there was also wasn't there some contract or something with somebody too? Another one. I saw it go by on the press release. I can't remember who it was. 
Um, I feel like they reached a deal AP. with somebody else too. Let I'm me trying to say. Anyways, there 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 was uh there was some other news there too. So AT and T maybe. AT, yeah, I was gonna say there was an AT and T headline, but yeah. I mean, they got this big contract. Who was the big contract when the thing went from 130 to 180? That one day back in, just looking back at October 4th? Uh, what was that? that was a big contract with somebody. They, October 4th. Or 3rd. The move was on October 4th. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They really, they, they announced, oh, the, the, that was the Avaya thing. Avaya uh, thing. That was yeah. the strategic partnership. with. These the contracts moved the stock. Anyways, the stock is just loved right now. It's loved. It, it, it is nosebleed valuation. It is not. So it, it does fit the bill of a stock you don't want to own. But I tell you, for whatever reason, this one is just bucking the trend. And it's loved right now. I don't know if that continues, but it's definitely in favor. Uh, le- leaking a bit off your pre-market high of 173.75. So four bucks off it. Use that as a target. Uh, all-time high was made just after that contract was announced at 177.99. All-time closing high, uh, it's up there too. Let me see if I can find a daily high in the 170s. Uh, here's another target for you, folks. Uh, 172.48 was your October 17th high, and uh, how high did I say we got in the pre-market? 173.75. So there's your sell zone here. Four bucks off that pre-market high. All right, eight thirty-three. About two minutes before we're going to go to our guest for the day. Let's all switch stocks. I want to go WWE, non-earning stock. Big oh. contract with the Saudis. Let's talk wrestling. Every every time we do this, woo! I loved woo. <laughs> every time we do woo! this, WWE. Yeah, every time we talk this this one, the chat gets mad for some reason. They uh, like it. No, do they? Okay. Um, <laughs> What's that headline here? I traded this last night on the headline. I sold way too early, though. They're holding two major events in Saudi Arabia uh, every year now. This is an, or an eight-year deal, excuse me, for the next eight years. Um, I didn't see a dollar figure uh, on the deal, but... Deal with the Saudis. Yeah. Woo! <laughs> Sorry. I had to do one more because it was pretty exciting. I traded this last night on this hat. Charles broke this. Charles obviously just read, read out the press release. The thing was up 50 cents. And I was like, that sounds pretty good. So I bought some stock at 53.75. It went 55 bid like, um, like 30 seconds after I bought it. I was like, oh, thank you, Charles from Benzinga. Uh, so give Charles a shout out for me there. I'm looking at it. And then I was like, ah, do I hold it? Do I sell it? Anyways, I sold 55. <laughs> I shouldn't have because then I went to 56 and a half after that. So I sold too early, but. Quick bucket a quarter. Thanks to Charles from Benzinga. Uh, Chubbs is popping in here. It uh, WWE. Oh, he likes this WWE. Been running, yeah, it's been running. Two it's just called WWE now, isn't it though? No, that's. Or did they call it WWE? <laughs> Weight Watchers. Dennis. Oh, no, don't they just call World uh, Wrestling? Oh, I guess it is World uh, Wrestling. Really it used to be World Wrestling Federation always. WWF. Oh my gosh. That was, Weight pain- Watchers that, that was painful. Mixed up with. It's not just called World Wrestling. No, that was painful. All right, wait. So World no, Wrestling Entertainment. Wait, no, but for real though, Jason Chubnell, who's in the pre-market prep chat, is an editor of Benzinga. He's a huge, huge wrestling fan. So anything, Let's bring him in. Anything he says was working. Can we bring him on? Working right now, and we got Nick Shaheen here. So I, oh, I, we want to hear Chubbs. All right, well maybe so after just give one. Okay, bring Nick on on live on on the fly, right, and okay. then we just want to get Chubbs' analysis. Okay. Chubbs buying WWE. All right, I'm gonna step away for a second. Ask him. 
right. Well, all right. All right. I'm going to bring Nick Shaheen on. He's on, as as Joe walks away from his desk. Uh, Nick Shaheen is the author of Create Income with Option Spreads and SellSpreads.com. Uh, Nick, good morning. Good morning. So uh, I can leave if you want. No, 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 no like stay. Hey, you're not going to like this about, chart of WWE, I don't th- think. Talk but. about second-class citizen. Holy crap. <laughs> <laughs> Good morning to you, too. What's going on? We want to bring um, Shubs, too. We no, want, no, no, we no, want no. you and Shubs to do the show, Nick. No, Nick, Nick, I wanted to know about uh, – we, we talked Uber, and I know yeah. you, bought, you bought this one a while ago. Yeah. Uh, has anything changed for you? No, because my thesis is still the same, and everybody that talks about it is not addressing my aspect of it. They keep talking about Lyft every time they mention it. They keep talking about drivers. The, my point of how could you have said the same thing about Amazon back then? So the point on, on Uber for me is it has the opportunity to have dozens and dozens of verticals with a couple of them being cash cows. So that's what I'm looking for, and that's going to take decades to make. Are so you I buying bought a dip a, on Uber? No. Or sell, I, bu- I bought a it? I bought, a, I bought a position for my son and I'm, I, don't even, I don't even have it on my screen. That is my thesis. I think what he said yesterday was moronic. Uh, the fact that he actually said, well, nothing is set in stone yet, but we think we're going to be profitable by 2021. Yeah. He basically told everybody, don't touch my stock until about a year and a half from now. Yeah. So if nothing's set in stone, why do you open your mouth? Then don't say, don't, we say you can say your plans are in motion. You, you will have a forecast or something like that. When you don't have something, you don't say a date. This is like the six months comment from uh, Yellen when she first came on board. Oh, I don't know, six months. If you're guessing, don't say it. Would you, write, would you be selling puts and Uber here with it down two bucks on the premium? All, only if I wanted to own more and I don't. So I had yeah. my thesis, I bought my position and I just walked away from it. Okay. Um, I'm either right or wrong. Because there's line. probably some good premium in here, right? Um, they probably are, but it, it all depends on if you want to add to your position. I usually don't want to sell puts and, and add to my investment right. versus um, a, a trade. So maybe I would sell a put spread because I think they might offer 50 cent spreads. So I'd make it an aggressive put spread. So I have a finite amount I can lose. Then it's a trade versus an investment. All right. Yeah, that's a really good point. Differentiate what is a trade, what is an investment. Investment, you're probably not even looking at the headlines too often. Um, Nick, we were talking earlier about just these high growth names being not in favor. Uh, Shake Shack, uh, well, I guess Uber uh, counts, but Shake Shack this morning as well. Um, Thoughts here on on, on that name? It's down 15 points right now. Shack? Yeah, Shack's down 15 points on the earnings. The earnings were actually not that bad, but they are just punishing – those nosebleed restaurants. So right it's now. around 75 bucks right now? 68. Home. <laughs> Down 15. <laughs> okay, so technically speaking, it gave back all of the enthusiasm it had in it. Um, yes, uh, your comment is correct that the, uh, Wall Street right now has no uh, patience for losses, but they, I think they're muddling the message. You can't uh, measure everybody by the same stick. I always thought that this was expensive, just like Chipotle is expensive. So yeah. now, now they've priced out the whole thing back down. That orange line below is the point of control for that period of time we're seeing. So from February on. Uh, so that should be support zone. That's it's nine a, bucks lower though, $60 I'm looking zone, at that orange line. Zone, support zone. So yeah. if you look left, there's that one funny candle back at the earnings, uh, which puts it at around 67 which also there is a neckline from the base after the spike 
to it was 65. So you can see there's a whole bunch of uh, meaningful levels here. So from here down, the hard, the, you know, getting down to here for the bears is the easy work. Uh, going lower from here is going to be harder. So they must have missed on the forecast and guided some. The, the bread and butter for a restaurant that is highly valued is their comp sales. Yeah, How well do they do in their no, versus last time? That's exactly it. They were light on the comps and that's why they slammed it. So if we look at the comps, I'm just yep. trying to grab it from the pro. So Did you, see, you, you said it earlier, Spencer. I can't. I don't work the pros quickly. Two and a half. It was something like two and a half percent. Yeah. So just to give you an idea, it's double digit comps for Chipotle. And that's why it sells at 72 PE. Yeah. So, uh, which is three times McDonald's, which is a little more than uh, Amazon. When you get the comps up too, it doesn't sound like a growth story. Right. So then why am I paying a premium for your stock? Yeah. Yeah. So I wouldn't be so quick to catch the falling knife, but if I'm still long it, I'm not panicking out of it down here. Uh, I would probably want to see what happens to that candle, which is really the one that sticks out. I mean, there's one candle that sticks out, which is around $66 or $67. And it was also the base of the rally. So, you know, Fibonacci, they priced the whole thing out. <laughs> Fibonacci went back down to, to, to where it came from. So, um, you know, if, it, if you don't have the comps, they're not going to give you the valuation. Same, that's the same risk that exists in Chipotle. I have a friend of mine who's short Chipotle hardcore. And, you know, I tell him I wouldn't short it unless I see weakness in the comps. Uh, Nick, questions from the chat here on AT&T. Okay. Oh. It's, it's one of those things where it's too high for me to chase up here. Um, I, I, I wouldn't say it's too hot to short. So if somebody wants to short it with a put spread, um, that is actually a trade versus an investment, I would do it. Um, but I would give myself time. I have nothing against the company itself uh, or its metrics. I know it pays a dividend. I know, um, you know, they, they seem like they're doing the right things, but let me show you a different view of the chart, which actually tells you why this is not an obvious entry point unless they have a catalyst of sorts. So this is a weekly chart for AT&T and it shows that this is where it has failed so many times before. And this is five years worth of data. And if you can look left, this is a ledge. So onus is on the bulls to get above it and start using it as floor. So if I'm looking to go along AT&T, I would wait for a breach of it or at least an establishing of the, of the floor. And I see the highest peak of there is like 39 and change. So it all depends on the perception. I had a box drawn for it for a tight range and they're just above the box right now, but it's not enough for me to chase it. I mean, the activist in here has really got everybody excited and they're talking about yeah. a price of getting it up to like $54 or something. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of, you know, hope in this trade right now. And I think that's what's driven the price, at least for the last few bucks since this activist, because so, it was around 36 when the activist came in. So I think the fairest statement is what I said is that it's not an obvious entry point. Yeah, you're chasing a bit. We're on the line with Nick Shaheen. He's the author of Create Income with Option Spreads. Uh, Nick, let's take a look at the oil chart here. We're getting a few questions about that. Uh, still in the range from the uh, Aramco, uh, whatever, bombing or whatever. You had that crazy high. I haven't figured a 50% retracement yet, but uh, to me, this 57 looks like a big area to hold to get back up to that $60 area. What you're I know you're kind of like a perma bear on crude here, but what are you looking what? at? No, I am still not the perma bear. 
I have I have my thesis on on oil, and it, anywhere above sixty, it's not a long. Anywhere below fifty-two, it's not a short, and that's what. Um, the experts keep getting wrong. Every time they get up to 60, they start talking 75 and 80. Every time they get to 52, they start talking 35 and 40. Yep. So technically speaking, they had a huge correction. And this is exactly, they're stalling at the 50% retracement of it. Is it? I didn't figure it. It's right yeah, it's, there. Ju it's just on the chart I just posted. Okay. So, so I took the extension from the top of whatever, 63 and changed yep. back to the low of 51 almost. Yep, 12. And it's, yep. it's the 50%, but it also coincides with levels from prior. So if you look left, uh, there was an instance in August where it hit that level and failed. And it's actually alleged it tried to hold back in May and failed. So it's got history. It's also the point of control for the whole year. So it, what that means is on the volume profile chart, which is on the left-hand side, you see that orange line. This is where actually the bulls, the buyers and the sellers have agreed the most and fought it the hardest. So this is where most of the action. So the volume bars on the bottom just show you the volume per day. The volume bars on the left, they showed you where they occurred at what level. So they tell you where the market is interested in oil. And the most there are is just below current price. A couple of requests here uh, for Mickey D's, uh, a stock that okay. uh, you had Dennis Fade me, me on a couple of weeks ago, kind of continued to fall after earnings here. You're looking to reload down here at the 190 area after uh, the shakeups in the C-suite yesterday. Yes, uh, it looks like it repriced itself to where now it's a good long. And I think the better way to do the MCD level is by selling puts or put spreads, depends on uh, the strategy. Um, the event is gone. Um, the the heads of the company are gone uh, for silly reasons uh, on their part, meaning not <clears throat> that the reason itself is silly. So... It, the company will survive. Uh, the guy leaving is not going to derail the company. The plans are in place. Uh, it's a fairly stable company. So technically, it's a little concerning. Uh, one could argue that this is some sort of a massive inverse cup and handle, and it could be going to 175. Uh, it could. So if I sell a put spread, I want to hide in those low areas and go out in time without capturing another earnings report. So a lot of the froth is gone. It was crazy to chase it at 200 plus it's not so crazy to start nibbling at it now. All right. Nick Shaheen is the author of Create Income with Option Spread. joins us every other Tuesday. Nick, thanks so much for the time and the charts and have a good one. You do. You go ahead and talk wrestling now. All the <laughs> fake stuff. <laughs> you don't want to get in the wrestling talk? You're around talk wrestling. Right, did Nick, you watch wrestling when you were a kid, Nick? I did not. You never watched <laughs> Me wrestling? Me neither. No, it's fake. I'm with you. <laughs> is this moving? Okay, let's get Nick's thoughts just before it goes. WWE, quick. Oh, the stock itself? Yeah, yeah. Okay, not the rest. You're probably of not going to like the chart, though. It's straight down. Oh, my God. It's, it's 50. It's up. Okay, it's up two and a half bucks because they got to deal with okay. the Saudis. This so there's, there's, one more, there's one more weekly candle that scares me, which uh, starts at 51 and a half. So, you know, it's better to go here than before, obviously. But there's, there's no obvious reason for me to catch this falling knife without knowing its fundamentals. And uh, Nick, uh, Dr. J, as well as everyone in both chats, uh, you sound you sound better today. We just want to know how you're feeling and how the recovery is going. The recovery is going great. Uh, I'm I'm doing very well. I'm working out half an hour a day, and I'm going to kick its ass on your Peloton. No, oh, <laughs> on my natural Peloton. I live in California. I walk outside. <laughs> All right. Thanks a lot, Nick. Have a good one. All right. Later. Bye. 
All right. Uh, it, let's bring on uh, Jason sure. Shub now. now. Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, you okay. you you want to you want to mic him up and. Uh, uh, Shelves is our managing editor, but uh, he moonlights as a uh, wrestling guru. He is a longtime fan of uh, WWE. I guess the only real question, Shelves, this morning is uh, how significant is this deal with the Saudis? Uh, it doesn't seem too significant to me, to be honest. Okay. They've already been running two shows a year in Saudi Arabia since 2018. And it sounds like yesterday's news is that maybe the second show is now officially part of that deal. Um, but all this brouhaha started last friday when all the talent in saudi arabia their flights were delayed several hours and they couldn't get back to the states and so wwe had to actually rewrite their live friday night show on fox with, because the talent wasn't there right oh, they had man. to bring in new talent uh from the the wednesday night show to help fill the void for that and the company's line this whole time has been that there were mechanical issues with the flights but the rumors that have been out there. They held them hostage so they could sign the deal? Is that what you're saying? Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> rumors that uh, Vince McMahon cut the feed of the show in Saudi Arabia because the prince and whoever else is in charge of this deal did not pay their $60 million for last for uh, the contract for last year. And so they were waiting until they finally got that official payment, which, he actually, which uh, the company actually mentioned on their uh, conference call last week, I believe. That they got a payment from the Saudis? That they were waiting for this oh, payment. Oh, they were waiting for payment. They were waiting for the $60 million payment from the Saudis uh, as of the earnings call last week, which I believe they got as the company then announced last night that they've added a second show to oh, their wow. tenure deal. Oh, man. Oh, the inside wow. scoop here. That's great color. Wait, so they held all the talent hostage on the, on the plane? Is that what you're saying? That's what the rumors have said. And even oh, um, the, the first report of this came from actually one of the company's uh, Spanish announcers who was on the flight. He's the one who apparently started leaking, not leaking, but he's the one who's been mentioning all of this held hostage uh, on the runway. Type oh, talk. Man. Oh, wow. I feel like I'm, I'm into some like uh, John Clancy stuff right now. Tom Clancy, excuse me, Tom Clancy. Well, it's also <laughs> interesting that this is, this is, this whole Saudi move is purely for business reasons. Cause as soon as the deal was announced a couple of years ago, you know, their entire fan base has revolted against it. And they've even gotten some bad press on John Oliver and a few other places for doing business with Saudi Arabia. And when it first started, they started, they almost were doing public right. relations for the, for Saudi Arabia, mentioning how wonderful right. it is to live there and what the crown prince is doing nowadays. Mm -hmm. So they're going to get pushback for this for the next several years, I'm sure. But you know, as long as, as the company's staying afloat, I'm sure they won't mind. All right. Jason, so Dennis, are you happy? Did you get your fix? Uh, no, I just want to know. Okay. So you've watched wrestling for years here now, and mm -hmm. I stopped watching wrestling WWF when, basically when I probably learned to drive my car. <laughs> I liked it when I was like eight <laughs> years old till 16 years old. And then I stopped watching TV when I learned to drive, but you stuck with it. So I, you've stuck with watching the wrestling here for years. Why do you now, Are you a UFC fan too? I'm not. That's one thing I never got into. Of course. This, I never... That's cause that's cause my dad was into wrestling for years too. And he stopped watching wrestling and started watching the UFC cause it's real. So I was just wondering why you stuck with the wrestling and not didn't move over to the UFC. Yeah, the whole real versus fake never really bothered me, and and the appeal of the UFC was never really there for me. But for some reason, I don't know. I think just the the storylines that the that pro wrestling used to uh, be able to produce is what made it just so engaging. And then he mixed that with, you know, the quote unquote fake athleticism of it all, and it just made for you know just as entertaining television as anything else out there. Yeah, it's soap opera for guys. 
So I, I will say I did have a little break around, you know, my high school and college years. <laughs> the product wasn't that great, and I had some other things going on in my life. All right, that I didn't right, need to watch. Bottom line, bottom line, do you feel good about the future of the product? The WWE? WWE? No. No? But okay. the product overall, I yeah, think, it, is uh, very yeah. strong. I mean, WWE, um, that's what I mean. The, because of the new, uh, I, I don't know if you guys talked about it at all, the new Wednesday night show on TNT. Uh, it's the new competitor now, AEW. Um, it's just bringing more. What is that? I don't even know what that is. Bringing more life to the industry overall, and it's giving more, uh, more performers more opportunities. Okay, but What's AEW, but not WWE specifically. Uh, to Dennis's question, that's like an. You could think of it as a new. Um, do you remember WCW or NWA yeah. back in the day? Yeah. That's kind well, of. That was Ric Flair came from NWA. Yep, that's kind of what it is now. Tony Khan, who is the son of the Jacksonville Jaguars owner, they're both billionaires. He put uh, a couple billion dollars into this company, and they signed a deal with TNT last month or earlier this year, and the and the show launched last month, and it just gives the you know the fans an alternative that we haven't had in probably 20 years, and so that's why I think the industry overall is in a good place, but WWE itself as a product is not in a great place. All right, there it is, Jason Shubnell. Thank you so much, Shubs, for, for all the on. commentary. Good all right, back. all right, uh, yeah, it's been a while. All right, 850. Oops, 852 here. Uh, Dennis, can we get a look at imbalances? Anything? Uh, let's go take a look. Johnson Johnson, forty-five thousand to sell. Um, that's significant. Morgan Stanley, one hundred and forty thousand to sell. The reason that one's interesting is because the TLT is way down, so you would automatically think all banks are going to be up. But we're seeing a couple selling balances. Citigroup, seventy-eight thousand to sell. Morgan Stanley, one hundred forty thousand to sell. There may be an opportunity if the stock opens weak there, maybe to get long if you think that you know you're going to have this uh, banks rallying on the TLT weakness thing. General Electric, 204,000 to sell. It's back to that trend. Alibaba, this was a big one. 203,000 shares to buy in Alibaba here this morning. The stock is trading up a buck and a half. Also, Twitter showing some life. 172,000 shares to buy in Twitter as well. So, and Twitter obviously has been, you know, in the gutter here for a bit. Stop going down. Let's bring in Joel because Joel's still along Twitter. And 28.84, the low of the move here. It stopped going down now. Do you think it's safe to start nibbling on Twitter? I think so. Twitter? I think so. It's, I mean, I just don't know what the catalyst is going to bolt it back up. Yeah, a lot of overhead supply and, people caught. But. but, no, I like it. Just trying to – that one day when uh, they hit it on the news um, that they were getting out of the political, that would look like your opportunity, and that's what I, I'd be leaning on. But, uh, Dennis, can you name my favorite two uh, – WW or you know wrestling moves uh, that I use like when you know when you you wrestle with your kids right you get them all riled up do you know do you have any you do uh, some pretty mean you don't do a pile driver on them do you no no <laughs> first I do the sleeper do you ever oh the sleeper hold yep yeah Brutus the Barber Beefcake remember he was the best at the sleeper yep yep and then from the sleeper you go to the rake the eyes <laughs> rake the eyes who was the special who, who specialized in raking the eyes <laughs> All the dirty wrestlers. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember but that uh, exactly what that was. Another thing, I uh, just wanted to mention real quickly, uh, Chubbs, all those great articles that you see out there on Benzinga, uh, some by me, but he's the one that does all the editing and does a lot of hard work and corrects all my typos and uh, skip words and everything. So a lot of the great content you see on Benzinga comes from Chubbs there. All right, let's do a couple more if we can. Uh, the retail earnings parade is starting here. We got mm. Tapestry this morning, the company formerly known as Coach, uh, reporting. Does that count? Does that? What do you mean? Does that count? Yeah. What? Why? Okay. Is, what? 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 Okay. Ta- what did Tapestry do? It's like it's like high-end luxury goods. It's retail. Uh, Not in the high-end luxury goods. 
All right, 40 cent EPS. Side note after. Give, give us the numbers. 40 cent EPS, 36 cent estimate. Sales missed 1.37 versus 1.36 billion. They specifically cited uh, tariffs uh, as a uh, as weighing on profit margins at Kate Spade. So, Joel, you told me. Um, I'll tell the story. My, my wife says she can't tell the story, but I'm going to tell it anyways. Um, you told me I need to get a blazer. And you were like, let's get one for, you know, basically for New York. You've been telling me that for a while. And I've got my I've got my suit, obviously, but you were like, you need a nice blazer to go out. So I was like, okay, I have full good intentions. I never go shopping. And me and my wife had the you know the Saturday night off in Birmingham. Like, we'll go to the store. So I went to Somerset Mall, expensive mall, obviously, to go to, to buy anything. And I was like, I had fully good intentions of going there and buying a nice blazer. So I walk into Saks Fifth Avenue. Ooh. I'm like, oh yeah, this is Ooh. a beautiful blazer. I'm like looking at this one, I'm like, this one's nice. I'm like thinking, you know, my price range, what I'm thinking. I pick up the price tag. Guess how much the blazer was? 350 bucks. Keep going higher. 500? Keep going higher. 600? Keep going higher. 700? Go way higher. 1,000 bucks. Go higher. What the hell were you looking at? It was a $1,295 blazer. I was like, are you kidding me? I will never buy a blazer if this is what these things cost. Anyways, $1,295 at Saks Fifth Avenue. I was like, I need to short this stock. <laughs> That's all I could think. I, but I was like, walked out. And then, so then I went over to Nordstrom and I was like, okay, the prices all of a sudden looked attractive at Nordstrom because their blazers were only $600. So I did not buy a $600 blazer either. I couldn't bring myself to do that. Went to Lululemon. Lululemon had blazers for like $250. So that's getting them a little bit better. Lululemon is obviously a store for little people though. Or not Lululemon, sorry. I went into uh, Banana Republic. It wasn't Lululemon. It was Banana Republic. Banana Republic, they don't sell. They, they wait, had blazers. Wait. They had a couple nice ones. Wait, wait, wait. They what? had no blazer and anything over, they had nothing over a 44. I'm a 46. So they had not one blazer in the store that was 40, over 45. I got a place over here. I get everything half off. Do I have to go to the big and tall store? Is that what it is? Uh, I didn't know it was that big. I'm 210 pounds, six foot, but I didn't know I needed to go to the big and tall store. I thought, you know, I'm Banana Republic would just carry my size. I thought it was pretty common size. How, how do we get talking about this? Well, we started talking about foolishly f foolish of me to bring up a retail because you said high end you start with high-end retailers so talking about high-end retailers that's Saks fifth avenue that is a high-end retailer $495 blazer who's buying that that's more movie stars that's what you spend in a year on your clothes no i don't even spend close to 1295 i, I doubt i spend 300 dollars on my wardrobe i get the benzing look this one's free <laughs> All right, uh, well, <laughs> give us some quick technicals on the TPR chart here. Uh, TPR, there was a big seller ahead uh, of the report, and that seller turned out to be correct here. There's just a wall in this stock in TPR. What is it, 27 bucks? I don't know if there's – this is a New York stock, Dennis. Is there a big seller there at 27? I, well, it's a little bit below. 26.86 was yesterday's high. We've fallen on that. I would say the stock's not in trouble until you dip under 25. You've really been 25 to 26 for, you know, since mid-October. Uh, mid so I'd wait for it to break out of that range. Robin is asking about the announcement for tomorrow. So we've been getting a lot of emails and requests for to stay on longer, right? And uh, so I 
talk to uh, Sean Udall, who you guys love to get his stock pit from. You love to remind him of all his bad trades. So, so we're going to do an experiment tomorrow uh, at 9 o'clock. Dennis is going to hop off and uh, bang on the keyboard, get out of his 800 positions. And uh, Sean's going to join me at 9. I'm not sure if we're going to have a guest during that hour, but we're going to follow through on some of the stocks that we talked about uh, in the first hour. We'll do some setups. We'll do some things that we're looking at off the open. And uh, for you California people that maybe only catch uh, the end of the show, uh, we're going to be staying on until uh, until 10 a.m. tomorrow. So we'll do a little experiment there and uh, a little bit more of PMP for you folks. As if you didn't get enough already, you can get an hour more tomorrow. Uh, so that, that that's exciting. I'm excited to listen. Uh, and, yeah. Um, and hopefully just throw run some charts up. Uh, all right, that'll be it for our You were right, though, with the TPR. 27 and a half, though, so you're only 50 it's cents what, away. Yeah, 80,000 shares of 27 and a half. So that was a good call there, Joel. I mean, that's a big level there. 80,000 shares is huge for a size. Stocks only trade 49,000 on one. So 27 and a half is a huge level. It's, it's obviously down. So if it went to reversal mode, though, think about that level. But I don't think it's going to come into play. All right, as far as the S&P goes, only one level, 85.75. That is your pre-market high. Yesterday's high, 83.75, but we seem to be holding in right here. Uh, not much. Maybe maybe we'll see that 3,100 today. Uh, Spencer, you want to wrap things up? And yeah, well, if uh, one hour or two hours is not enough of Joel or Dennis, you can get a full day of them at the Benzinga Global Fintech Awards, November 19th in New York City. I'm putting the link in the chat to get 20% off your ticket. The promo code is PMPVIP. Uh, we're, we're doing the show live from nice. the venue. And also we are, uh, Joel and Dennis are doing some educational stuff there as well. So we got three 45 minute segments that we're going to do on education. So that's going to be included in your ticket, obviously. So yeah, come on out and see us. Come on out November 19th, link in the chat. Uh, fintechawards.com to learn more. Thanks. Hey, Dennis is going to do his eight minute eight his eight minute presentation. He's really like he's going to talk slower. Um, I, I actually rewatched that the eight minute one, and I had like forty minutes of material, and I was like, you know, that micro machines guy trying to talk. Remember the micro machines guy commercial back in the day? When he was talking so fast, auctioneer. I was talking so quickly. I already talked quickly. We know that on the show, but I mean, I was talking so quickly that eight minutes, I couldn't even understand what I was saying. <laughs> All right. Well, you'll get more time with Dennis. Good. I need more uh, at, time. At the, I can't put 45 uh, minutes to do it in eight minutes. Link in the chat, fintechawards.com. Thanks to our guests, Nick Shaheen and Jason Shubnell. Thanks to all of you in our chats. Catch our podcast or we or rewatch our show on YouTube. And please remember that all the information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes only and not for investing or trading advice. Everyone have a great rest of your day. We'll be back with you on Wednesday. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.